Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're doing an episode on time this time. What? Crazy. We never do that. Oh man, we, so much to talk about. I don't I don't know if you guys know this, but my home state is on fire. Yeah, it is, huh? It's uh it's, yeah. it's, it's real on fire. Um most of the fire is not like directly nearby me. I'm not in direct danger of fire. However, like the past few days the atmosphere has been entirely smoke. Yester yesterday was uh was like a just the sky was like watery and yellow for the entire day <laughs> it's really depressing yeah i remember i remember like in 2000 was it 16 or 17 where there were pretty bad fires yeah. that and i just remember like walking around in seattle and oh there's ash coming out of the sky it wasn't as bad as it is as the pictures i've seen yeah of this it's... one but it's yeah. pretty bad, and it's going to be this way for at least the rest of the weekend. <laughs> and we'll see how long it takes the yeah. fires to go out. Um, yeah. You know, Lee said a thing uh, on Mostly Walking, uh, like, last week or whenever the last episode was, that um, I think they said it facetiously, but it it's, I, like, I think about it, and it's kind of, like, been bothering me ever since. Where he was like, oh, yeah, I think, like, basically, like, year, year over year from now on, like, every year, there'll be an extra month that we're, we can't leave the house for one reason or another due to, like, extreme weather and things. So it's going to be we spend more and more time indoors until just, like, we can't leave our houses anymore. <laughs> like, I know that was facetious, but now that's, like, a big fear of mine. It's yes, funny consider because... it an opportunity to play more video games. No, Carl, I like the sunlight. Yeah, I. That's that's like something that I was thinking about um the other day, where I've been at my current job for, uh, a, almost a year, like close to a year and a half, and a full third of that I've just been working from home at this point. Yeah, basically. Um, and I'm not complaining. I like working from home. I like not having to commute, even though my commute's not that bad. But um, it, yeah, I don't know. It feels <laughs> I weird. I don't think we can. I don't think like we, if if we're going to start having an extra month every year where we have to stay indoors, we're going to start having to adding at to add months to the year. Essentially, yeah. like we're yeah. running out. Of, we're running out of space. Yeah. No, I think the 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 thought was like even after the pandemic because they were referring to like the heat in LA and the forest fires in San Francisco. So this was like even without the pandemic, just like the general sort of apocalyptic <laughs> scenario of the earth. Yeah, it's uh it's not great. <sighs> you, would think, you would think we would have a good you know space colony solutions by now that's what that's what the movies prepared me for but nope yeah um or you think people would at least be acknowledging the problem more anyway let's not fall too well, deep down that you know. existential rabbit hole <laughs> that, that, 
yeah. <laughs> won't keep me up at night. Uh, I, some okay. good news. Some yes. fun good news. Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club is now available on all consoles. <laughs> all modern Yay. consoles. Yay. I'm so oh, excited. Darn. I have it on my Switch. I was looking forward to playing Wintermore on the 3DO, but I guess not. <laughs> no, not on 3DO. But yes on uh yes on Switch and yes on nice. uh Xbox One and yes on PlayStation 4. Um which is exciting because like somehow this feels like way more professional than I consider myself. <laughs> right? Like I don't think of myself as a professional enough games person to have released a game on a console. Ah, but now you are. Now you Now have. I apparently I am. It snuck up on me. <laughs> I guess that's how it happens, huh? Yeah. My my childhood self would be incredibly proud of me right now. Nice. Like you made that's... a Nintendo game. It's like, yeah, I did. I did make a Nintendo game. It's a game for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, that really that really was like the benchmark as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was synonymous with video games, right? You didn't go out and get a video game. You got a Nintendo game. Yeah. All, all the parents asking for the Nintendos for their for their kids when they were, like, gift shopping. Yep. Even if it was not a Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. So, that's exciting. So, we have a bunch of people, like, cosplaying who have been releasing their cosplay. Uh paid paid cosplay that we asked them to to do and so some of them have also been streaming so i've been you know spending the, the weekend watching people stream wintermore again which has been fun got Thanks. some truly truly excellent horse drawings <laughs> it's a really adorable girl who's drawing it she's like all right uh then now the toes what do horse toes look like i'm like oh boy this is gonna be great. Mm. And she did draw them as hooves, but like she was just thinking of them as toes. I'm trying to picture. I mean, I would um... like a horse with human feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm picturing as well. I'm um, sure someone drew that. It's like a better horse. It, it's it grip with its feet. Yeah. <laughs> also, horses I know, especially with shoes, have trouble walking on like cement and concrete because it's like slippery to them give them human mm. feet problem solved i think that might create a different set of problems probably you put those like little little um oh, what are those stupid shoes called with the the, the toe with the holes? toes yeah <laughs> the toe shoes? yeah yeah i don't remember yeah, those creep me out a little buy, <laughs> buy two pairs of toe shoes for your human-footed <laughs> horse would the front legs of the horse have hands? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that works. Is this a yeah. how would a horse wear pants if a horse wore pants uh, yeah. scenario? That makes it a lot easier if they have um, human feet, but only on the back human. part. It's true. Um, the... What if they walked on two feet? What I do know is they walk on one toe. <laughs> At That's the moment, true. they have one big toe that is their their hoof, and their other toes are like smaller and vestigial next to them. What are their toes? 
yes <laughs> bone wise um i don't know they did a bizarre beasts episode or one of the very early bizarre beasts was on horses and how weird horses are uh anatomically <laughs> so yeah they are i had i was i was i don't know if i've talked about this but i was a horse girl um when i was a kid oh, nice. and i had i had a bunch of those like how to draw horse books and with all the like you know the, the the skeletal structure and the muscle layout which was far beyond my skill level when i was you know eight years old trying to draw a horse i just wanted you know draw a circle and another circle and now draw the rest of the horse that kind of thing i um, i was gonna say did it have the circle method which was like draw a circle for the like front haunches and a circle for the rump and then a circle for the head and then you like connect them with these sorts of lines yeah that's the got, method i was taught in like you've got middle school like the the butt circle the shoulder circle the head circle and like the nose circle yes and you connect them all up and then I guess you can also do circles for like the 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 knee, the leg joints, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So we so we had to write a bunch of uh, ad copy. Let me see if I can find this for you. We had to write a bunch of ad copy yes. for the various things that we released, um, and one of them was like for the switch. Um, Nintendo news posts okay for the switch we like it's like okay write some news posts for um you know that we can put up so people who have bought your game can see like news posts from the game and they were so our, our you know pr team uh and publishers were suggesting ideas like oh you should do a like you know tr tips and tricks and you should do like re recommendations on how to draw a horse um, so I wrote the how to draw a horse article, <laughs> um, not, not entirely me, uh, the other people on the team contributed to it as well. Um, but the Can middle you mention of beans, no beans, but I did mention the circle method because that's how I was taught to draw horses, uh, like in middle school. So like the middle paragraph goes, another common method for drawing horses is the circle method. First, draw a circle where the shoulders, rump and head of the horse would be. Then draw smaller circles at all the joints in the legs and the front of the nose. Continue drawing smaller and smaller circles until you have filled in the basic outline of the horse. Continue drawing smaller circles. Get smaller and smaller until you are drawing tinier circles than you ever thought possible. Exceed the limits of your physical materials. Delve into concentric, infinitely shrinking circles. Dive down into these circles, continuing on and on until finally, at the edge of madness, you will find the true essence of the horse. Then you can finish up by adding additional details like the mane and tail. That's so good. that's that's how to draw to draw a horse. Yeah, I like that one. The circle method, <laughs> as they say. Yes, that's better than draw the rest of the horse for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I had a story from uh, about an hour ago. It's not it's not as interesting as having a game on the Switch, but it made me laugh, and I'm still thinking about it. So I was sitting uh, in bed with the boyfriend, and we were just watching TV, and he turns to me and he says, Oh, I gotta tell you about the dream I had last night. And the dream was, he got kicked out of pizza school for cheating on the pizza test. <laughs> oh, no! 
is it a, was it a pizza making test or like a pizza he, knowledge test it sounded like a pizza knowledge test because he said that he went on to say i didn't study and i asked to go to the bathroom and while i was there i looked up what the uh the ingredients were that went on the pizza and then the teacher found out and kicked him out of pizza school Aww. so that's yep. the saddest thing to school to be kicked out of it's true, but it, it sounded like the uh, the professor was one of those very picky Italians, so probably for the best. Yeah, you can you can uh, be he can be the underdog hero who like starts a, a pizza restaurant Un- and like yeah unaccredited like shamefully tries to hide that he didn't finish pizza school and it turns out his pizzas are like better than everyone else's because they're sort of like reckless and creative but then there's a big scandal about how he didn't actually finish pizza school and then the people who uh, have come to love his bistro have to stand up for him and fight on his behalf but like what do you really get from graduating from pizza school anyway you just get a pizza paper that says you graduated oh 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 the pun it hurts <laughs> i had to you oh. didn't have to <laughs> yeah no i did i did yeah, was, i understand it was gonna start like hemorrhaging out of me if i didn't so it's true um it's yeah. a it's all a pizza mafia anyway it's all a conspiracy they just uh they hold accreditation over your head so that it's you yeah. you feel like you have to pay them for pizza school mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a racket um so another thing much less interesting thing that happened to me (laughs) this past few days uh is i accidentally bought sims 4 (laughs) um because it was on sale uh on steam i was really excited i'm like oh hey sims 4 is 75 percent off i can uh i can grab it for 10 bucks like that's a really good deal and then i grabbed it and then i remembered that i already own it on origin (laughs) Oh like, no! Luckily, you... Steam has a refund system, so I got a refund. I was gonna say, if 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 the base game was seventy five percent off, I guess you could have at least scooped up some of the uh, DLC for cheap. Yeah, I mean the DLCs are also slightly uh, discounted, but it's clearly one of those things where they're like offering the base game cheap so that they can like sell you a bunch of the the DLCs at higher prices. So um, uh, yeah, okay meh but like this is the first time i've ever like bought a game without realizing i already own the game (laughs) it's pretty embarrassing it happens um i bought i bought a game that i knew that i already owned again um because control is on steam now and it just came with all of the dlcs bundled with it so i figured i might as well yeah, that's right. I remember being angry that they were releasing the same, the like Ultimate Edition or whatever, the same day we were releasing on consoles. Because <laughs> I was like, no, it's oh, yeah, our day. day. <laughs> that's all right. They're not, they're not on the Switch, so you still yeah, win. Yeah, it's true. They don't have a Nintendo game. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you sure? I don't know. I assume not. It's hard to put a shooter on the Switch. Um. Not that there are none, but I mean, I could see like Alan Wake or something being on the Switch. 
or just, an earlier I'm, console. Yeah, I was just imagining like uh, a a Max Payne port for like the N sixty four, which would be bad, but. <laughs> It's the kind of thing that I feel like somebody must have thought of doing at some point. Yeah, it's... I mean, the Switch has memory problems even with our fairly tiny game. So I'm, like, not holding my breath that it could, like, handle control. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, (laughs) not at all. But, yeah. I, um, I'm I'm amazed that, uh, I mean, I'm amazed at... The, the very large games that people manage to get running on the Switch. Yeah. So, I should probably, if... like, rebuy um, Stardew Valley on the Switch so I can just play it. I've been playing Spiritfarer on the Switch recently, and I am really enjoying that game. I'm, I think I'm almost done with it at this point. I'm on, like, the last two spirits. Um, but it has, been, it has been just really nice and relaxing and kind of Stardew Valley-ish in a certain way. Nice. I haven't been playing much on the Switch lately. Like, I haven't even been playing Animal Crossing. I feel bad about it. Like, you get that guilt, like, oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to my, my island and they're gonna be like, oh, you haven't been around in a while, where have you been? Yeah. Um, because they do do that. Yeah, at a certain <laughs> point, I feel like that works against the game. Because at a certain point you feel too guilty yeah. to come back. Yeah, I'm there, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, mostly just waiting for more updates. Uh, I yeah, started... I feel like the Animal Crossing mania has kind of died down a little bit. Yeah, and I I also kind of screwed myself by starting a, a big terraforming project. <laughs> and so now my island is just all tore up and and sad looking, <laughs> and I don't want to have to go back and finish what I even, started. You didn't even leave it in a good state. How dare! Nope. I know it's a problem. I like make it the sad world. <laughs> yeah, post-apocalyptic. The company oh, came in, tore up the place, and then left it to suffer. <laughs> Yeah, what, what what's the um the evil corporation in Stardew Joja or something? Joja, yeah. Joja, yeah. Joja came and enslaved all of my villagers. Oh no! Really, just oh. trying to get you to play again. Yeah. <laughs> or or never play again. One of those two. <laughs> I will play eventually. I think I just burned myself out a little bit, which is fine. Yeah, no, that's reasonable. Oh, another thing that's going on. I knew, there's like I said, there's so much to talk about. Uh, going on this week is uh, PAX Online. Um, oh yeah. So if you ever wanted to go to a PAX and never really had an opportunity to go to a PAX, they're basically doing all of PAX Online this year. Like all the panels are online, and all the game tournaments, and they have you know they even have like merch and stuff. Um, so yeah, if you they've got a whole big schedule. Uh, with like three different Twitch channels representing like the three stages where they normally host the big panels. And yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, I mean, was wasn't that thing. always online? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think, so, I think they did stream online some... like after the fact. Yeah, and they may have streamed some of the larger theaters, but this is like entirely online. Uh, let's see. 
Men in Black designing movie-based board games. That was this morning. Uh, there was a speedrunning uh, panel yesterday that I may have to see. I, I assume they have probably have VODs that you can go look at. If <laughs> uh, Going on in a couple hours is uh, the very best ranking the Pokemon spinoffs. Uh, did Animal Crossing save our souls? Desert Bus for Hope, How the Bus Runs. Video Game Mindfulness Meditation for Tranquility. I assume they're going to be doing some tabletop RPG stuff. They usually do. Dinner in a video game? I have no idea what that is. There's like oh, concerts man. in the evening. They've got a Neopets. Yeah, yesterday there was a Neopets, uh, the Rise and Fall yeah, of Neopets panel. Man, I, I was watching a, I don't remember what YouTube channel it was, it was a really long video about just like an overview of Neopets, and I, gosh, oh boy, I remember everything, like, <laughs> like I have fucking war flashbacks. Yep. Yeah, I was there as well. Yep. The, uh, was it, was it primarily about the, like, <laughs> weird food scarcity economy it was it was more of an overview about like sort of the rise and fall um and all of the like terrible marketing um decisions and the oversaturation like there was neopets cereal and like yeah. uh DS, like nintendo ds games and all of it was bad and eventually, like, you know, the original creators left, and now it's mostly just a lot of dead links and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it still exists, which is baffling yeah. to me. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think I think there was at, relatively recently also talk about, like, Oh, Neopets is getting a huge overhaul, and that was several years ago, and nothing's happened. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about those huge ecosystems that are yeah. now just gone. Well, so yeah. it also was an interesting early lesson in like virtual economics, which ended up being kind of a really interesting field of study. Yeah, yeah, um, right. because it was there were certain things that were like considered prestige items but there were also like certain things that were just necessary for day-to-day -day play that the game itself did not provide enough of so there became a like real big um sort of black not black market exactly but like the food economy was crazy out of whack because it was incredibly yeah. hard to get food at the regular prices from the normal stores because it would all sell out immediately because they didn't provide enough um and so yeah. people would like rush the stores and then sell it for like thousand percent markups uh on their individual user stores uh and then you know people who had food would hoard food uh because it was a precious commodity yeah and then they just introduced the big omelet and it was fine <laughs> um I, I also read, this wasn't in the video that I watched, but I was reading, I think it was like a long Twitter thread relatively recently about someone who was in an actual, like, oh, I, I read doing this, this yes. for real money, like, pet theft crime ring. 
Yeah, I read um, that, that one. That was pretty nuts. Yeah, where they were like hacking into people's accounts by just like guessing their passwords and then liquidating their stuff and <laughs> liquidating their stuff and uh, uh, modifying their pets to be mm -hmm. like paintbrushed pets and then selling them. Yeah. And eventually someone was like, I will buy this from you for actual real money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Neopets. then they briefly made a little bit of money before their uh, fellow <laughs> fellow people doing this were like, uh, we're going to get in serious trouble if we're caught and turn them in. Yeah. 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 Neopets. I wish I had, like, cool stories about Neopets like that from when I was, you know, 10 years old, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, I was pretty a pretty basic Neopets girl. Um, I had a Shoiru that I loved uh, and a few others that I loved less. Um, and that was it. Yeah, I did I did write a Neopets fanfiction starring all of my, my Neopets at one point. Aww. Um, yeah. That was like my magnum opus of fourth or fifth grade. I think I spent a really <laughs> long time working on it, but it was just on like lined notebook paper. So it's long, long in the in the landfill by this point. Ah, that's this okay. did not suffer from digital permanence. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, shall we talk about the thing that we're here to talk about? Unless anyone we else should probably, any... Yeah, we should probably talk tell. about uh Super Liminal, which is the game we played by uh, Pillow Castle Games. Um, yeah, it's a first-person, uh, mostly forced perspective-based puzzle game mm -hmm. with, a, um, with a story, kind of. Well, with a <laughs> with a theme, with a narrative wrapping paper on it. Yep. Um, it's. Yeah, it's it kind of I want to compare it to like Portal uh, and Antichamber because I think those are the games that it most wants to be. I would say mm -hmm. also a bit of the Stanley Parable as well. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I have Stanley Parable. Also, some like of the almost Nathanay indie yes. game style. Yeah, Naissance did did actually come up in my mind when they were doing some of the black and white puzzle stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's... <sighs> I have... Before we like really start talking about it, I have a hard time understanding what this game really tries to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I have yeah. some kind <laughs> of mixed feelings about it, to be honest. It, it feels in a lot of ways like a joke game right like it's got a it's got a sort of joke at the core and the joke is the the joke that that runs throughout the entire thing is the game always does something slightly or always tries to do something slightly orthogonal to what you're going to expect um so it's it's always trying to like foil your expectations a little bit um, which makes it feel like a joke game, but also like it's too long for a joke game, right? Like yeah. we've, we play, we've played joke games on the podcast, um, like Dr. Langeskoff. And I think like just under an hour is probably about max length for a, a joke game. 
and this is like three yeah, hours it's, it's it's too long to be a joke game but they didn't hang in there long enough to make it feel like a serious game um, well it's not i don't think it's that it's they didn't hang not, in there long enough time yeah it's not time it's more like okay now what else can we do with this besides yeah, yeah. so my my i have yeah. some i have some like i spent a lot of time thinking about this after i finished it and at first i was like eh, i don't have much to say about this game but actually the more i think about it the more i do actually have a lot to say about this game um which is that like the the game games that do this on a in a serious way like portal or antechamber work because they introduce a like an unfamiliar set of like um like standards and rules to you that you haven't seen before and then gradually over the the course of the game you learn to recognize and master them enough that you can pull off like more and more complex interpretations of those rule sets. But this is a game entirely based on undermining your expectations of rule sets. And so it never feels like you are progressing in any meaningful understanding because every single moment is the game trying to pull the rug out from under you in terms of what you understand. And I found that a supremely frustrating experience. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, I know that, and it's it's weird because there were only a couple of times where I thought this puzzle is actually just bullshit, but <laughs> yeah. the rest of the time it was mostly unsatisfying. Like there were two two things. And it was either, this is actual bullshit, or I know exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally, especially towards the very end, it would present you with a solution, but then, like, the floor falls out from under you. Yeah, that's like their favorite, but... their favorite gag is, uh, provide a goal that you can see in the distance, and as you walk towards it, you fall down a hole that you didn't see into a different area. They do that way more yeah. times than is justified in this game. Yeah. And I think the only time I felt like it worked was in, and I know, I know you were annoyed about this, was the uh, pointless scary section where there's yeah. a big pit and you have to find a like path across it that is in shadow. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually, I liked a lot of the solutions in that segment, which have to deal with, you know, okay, you have to find a doorway that you can't see because it's just in complete darkness. Mm. And that felt like, oh, here's actually a real new set of solutions they're trying to throw at me. But then they yeah. only use those in that section. Yeah, and you basically have to do it. You spend a lot of time like looking at the point of light, light and walking backwards um, so that you like have a point of reference <laughs> so you don't get completely lost. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. which also felt very naissance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I was about to say, like about the holes, like I kind of agree that I'm like not too keen on it, but I am pretty. I did like the when you see like an exit and you walk towards it, and it teleports you to another place. Mm. 
the ones like at the very end where it's like switching between yeah mostly at the very end locations yeah that i mean the end sequence was interesting but like most things in this game i felt like it went on way too long um there because there was like there was a sequence where you walked through things and it teleported you a bunch there was a sequence where like everything was in black and white and there was a sequence where like everything was just in white and like these big crumbling landscapes then there were a bunch of like really dramatic halls and like it, it's like i you know i like surrealist spaces a lot i'm like really big on surrealism but i just it just kind of felt like it was not using it to any purpose after a while where i'm like yeah no i i get it this looks cool but like why though yeah there's there's a lot of stuff like it doesn't present itself as a that type of experience mm -hmm. so you don't really have anything to connect with those sections yeah mm -hmm. and then yeah it the very end segment where you're going backwards through sort of their big set piece environments back to just the room that you keep waking up in and then oh the game is over you did it you found your way out except you didn't find your way out it was all uh, a ruse to make you think you had gotten lost yeah so this is a weird let's talk about the like theme of the game that they present at the very end where they're like this has all been a uh, about how like when you feel out of control you just have to look at things from a new perspective and then that can help you take control of your life uh, which is like a nice thing to say, but I feel like is the exact opposite of what this game does. <laughs> yeah, especially when it like presents itself as like this short, uh, like comedic, funny, quippy game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it spends yeah. a lot of time in the in the game, like presenting you kind of funny dialogue, like very portal style. Like the people who are supposed to be in charge of managing you are kind of fucking it up um sort of thing and there's two of them there's like the automated uh like orientation robot and then there's like the doctor in charge of the, the premise is that this is like dream therapy um and you're going into your dreams to like find stuff and then or to like figure out how to control things and then they lose track of you and you get lost and like there are emergency protocols and they don't know how to get you back but then it turns out that all along it's been on purpose to give you a sense of control i guess um but it it doesn't though because i don't like because the whole game is about trying to like undermine your expectations of the rules I feel like you end up never feeling in control of anything because the moment you feel like you start to understand what you're supposed to do, it's like, whoops, haha, like that's not actually how this one works. This one's different. I'm like, that's that's the opposite of a feeling of control. <laughs> that's a feeling of every yeah. time I start to get my bearings, you're like taking control and understanding away from me. Yeah, um, I would be very interested to find out where Dr. Pierce got his degree from. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it's also like they do make a joke about how it's, uh, you know, like it's located at, like in the second parking lot annex of the 
university or whatever that they're from and you see it at one point you see the like outside and it's in basically like a little strip mall yeah i like that and then there were the notes on the um on the strip mall or on the whiteboard below the little or above the little model of the strip mall that's like talk to the management of the restaurant next door their music is so loud and it smells like burnt curry all the time <laughs> yeah yeah um so i guess let's talk about the mechanics a little bit before we get too much more into the pieces or like the the sort of overall tone yeah. Yeah. Um I mean the the big the big mechanic is using force perspective to make objects larger or smaller so that you can traverse the environment. Yeah. So, you know, if you are close to something and you pick it up and slightly move it through space, it kind of it it maintains the same size but has moved back in space so that when you get closer to it again it's huge and you can use it to like climb up to a door that you can't reach or something like that yeah it's like um, normally normally you when you would pick up an object and move around with it the object looks like it's changing size but it's actually just moving in space um so in this game the object is actually changing size and not moving in space so when you drop it it's like huge all of a sudden mm -hmm. which is uh you know i think that's the the mechanic that the game sort of sold itself on really hard if you look at the trailers and stuff yeah and um, that's what it does most of there are a few yeah. other things it does like there's a there's a set of rooms which might have actually been my favorite one or maybe it's just because it came after the scary section and it was a relief to me uh where when you click on stuff it like duplicates it it will make like a smaller version of it in front of it. And so you can just click on stuff and like all the duplicates, you can also click on to make duplicates. So you can make like. <laughs> you try to see how many doors you can summon. Yes. And how many or, doors the game can handle. Or how many apples. I did, I did get, click on enough apples to get the little achievement that's called, why are you like this? That yep. says make too many copies of an object. I tried to crash the game, but I got bored before it happened. Yeah, when you, with the apples one, eventually you summon like a glowing apple, and then it stops making copies. You can't make copies anymore. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just tried with doors. Okay. Yeah, I yeah so I assume the I, same thing would happen with doors eventually. <laughs> I don't know if it happened with I, I spent so long. <laughs> yeah. I... I think it probably starts despawning the small doors once you get to the point where they're so small they're not getting any smaller but i could be wrong that's yeah I, I, you can still spawn like bigger doors yeah that's true i don't know um it but might... i think they like despawned somehow but it didn't despawn in like the order they were spawned yeah yeah so i couldn't really notice it it might also be that the apples have a lower limit in terms of the number that are allowed to spawn because they're more complex physics objects since they're in a room where they're like rolling a bunch. Yeah, so they might have they put have, a lower yeah. cap on that. And they have more polygons. Yeah. Door, a door is just a door. Yeah, a door is just a rectangle. A cube, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Of course a door is just a door, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, they also... but then, like, so things, things that, like, you click on a door, and instead of opening a door, you pick up the whole door. 
or you click on a, a die and instead of picking up the die on the floor, you actually pick up the die and a section of floor, which makes a hole appear and you can jump through it. Um, you like form a, you, you, there's like a thing painted on the floor that if you look at it from the right perspective, it becomes um, a giant chess piece. And then you pick up the giant chess piece and it actually removes a giant section of wall behind it. And then you can go through it, but, like things like that. That was cool. That was yeah, kind it, of an interesting one. My favorite, I think, like, my favorite thing that they do in this is the the, the projected texture that then becomes an actual object. And man, yeah. they did not have as much of that as I was hoping. Yeah. I feel like there uh, are a lot more opportunities to do cool things with that. Like, they, they have one early on where you you basically have to do it twice because there is like a set mm -hmm. of textures projected onto another set of textures so you have to make one object first and then you move to another point and you have to make them the second object out of the textures yeah. that are projected on the other block yeah you see a bunch um, of check marks and you're like oh i clearly have to view this from the right angle but you can't access the right angle and then you notice that from a certain angle you can make a table in the middle of the room <laughs> So then you make a table, and then you jump on the table, and then that gives you the perspective to look at the first thing. Yeah. And that one was cool. Yeah. And then they that, pretty there much drop those right away. There are occasional, there, occasionally when they do the learning thing, the thing where they show you a mechanic, and then you get better at the mechanic over time, like, the few times they do that generally does feel good. Um, but then there's also, like, to some extent, because they keep changing up the rules on you, um, each level kind of feels like a tutorial, right? Because it has to be simple because it's not a thing you've ever seen before. So there's no room mm -hmm. for complex puzzles because you're not, you don't have any kind of learning continuum. Um, and there are some yeah. cool, like, interesting and different things towards the end. I really liked the, the puzzle towards the end where there's a chessboard and the the squares are all holes if you walk into them, unless you put a chess piece on top of them to show that there's a solid floor there and then you can walk on it. Yeah, I would have maybe liked that unless it wasn't for the fact that I accidentally somehow got rid of one of my chess pieces. Oh no! So I only oh, had no. one chess piece to work with. That's rough. Oh, that's, that's a problem, yeah. I got, I got about three squares in where like Jumping and grabbing it midair. <laughs> did you end up just resetting to checkpoint eventually? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well. Um, and there's another one where there's like uh towards the end where there's like a door painted on a wall, and it's like a solid wall. But if you pick up an object and like you can like maneuver the object through the doorway, and so that it's sitting on the floor on the other side of the doorway, and then the doorway becomes like cross throughable. <laughs> Which is sort of, like, bizarre yeah. and interesting. Yeah, and there's also a whole sequence of puzzles that are about doorways that you have to sort of pick them up and move them around and change the size so that when you go through the doorway, you're, you know, the the proper size to sort of traverse. Like, I think you have to be smaller than you normally would if you were going through the door at yeah. the proper size so that you can then go through this area and go through a tiny door inside of the doorway that leads you somewhere else. Yep. Um, and then 
after several puzzles about picking up and moving doorways around, then there's another puzzle where you have to bring a doorway through the doorway that it leads you out of to break dream space. Yeah, for it to create a paradox. Did you, in that sequence, um, did you go into the jungle club next door? No, you can do that. I think that's a secret Easter egg. I thought it was the thing you were supposed to do at first. Um, but there's nothing you can actually do in the club. Yeah. So, there's so the I, little... I noticed there was like a door on mm-hmm. the side of that building, but I, but it was like filled in. So, so I wasn't sure how to get in. Yeah. So there's a there's a little model of the strip mall that the the sleep clinic is in, uh, and if you look around back, they all have little like um, like loading dock gates in the back for delivery. Uh, and the one on the jungle club is open. So if you use the uh, the two doorways to shrink yourself down and you happen to place the shrunken doorway back into the strip mall area, um, it, you can go like out of the sleep clinic and into the jungle club next door. And it's it's kind of like there's nothing that interesting there. Uh, there's a piano. There's like a little you come out on the stage because it's like a little like open night. Mic, yeah, open mic night style like performance setup on a little stage in front and so you come out from the backstage area and you can like tap the microphone to make sounds and you can like bang on the keyboard to make keyboard noises and you can walk around the jungle club and then that's it <laughs> and then you have to go back that's kind of cool i might have to go check that out just because i like those little uh secret secrets like that there's also a series of um little like planetarium rooms i don't know if you encountered any of those i don't think they're i saw all, that they're all so they they don't i don't think they do anything necessarily i know in one of them i was able to basically you end up in a room it's a circular room and then there's like an endless sort of field of stars kind of going off into infinity and you can line up the stars into like constellations of objects like i know one i lined up the stars and it formed a uh uh, vending machine like the, nice. the soda can vending machines mm-hmm. um there there are a couple of them and i don't remember exactly where they are but if you are in an area and you see a very dark shadowy corner that you think oh that's just a corner and there's nothing there usually there's another hallway in that in that darkness that you can mm. go through and that'll lead you to one of those <laughs> planetarium areas again they don't do a whole lot but it's cool there's also, I did find an object that was a blueprint that when I got close to it, it like filled in with some drawings, which mm-hmm. felt to me like a collect, I think that was probably collectible. Um, yeah. I but I so. only I ever found, found the one, so. I found two of them. There's mm-hmm. probably more, but. Yeah. We know there's at least two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found what I thought was a secret room, but when I got to it it was just like an empty room which hmm. i couldn't find anything in hmm. yeah i guess there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this game yeah but i i don't know it was also it doesn't let you it's got a slightly like uh fisheye lens thing going on and it it has a very narrow field in which it lets you control the field of view which makes sense because like this is a very field of view dependent game um but it also has like mouse smoothing permanently turned on and you can't turn it off 
uh, and a number of other things that combine to make it like not a very good name game for 3D nausea problems. Um, so I didn't want to play it for long stretches at a time. So by the end of it, I was kind of like, right, just get me to the end of the game, please. Just like get me to a point where I can stop because I don't feel good. Yep. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so Kelso, you mentioned there was one puzzle that you got stuck on for a while that you felt was entirely bullshit. I want to guess which one it is. Um, I'm going to guess it was the sequence of identical hallways with arrows pointing to the right or left. That was one of them, and I did figure it out eventually. The one that I actually thought was bullshit was the, the fucking moon. The one where you have to grab the moon out of the sky, oh. and there's a doorway on the moon. Yeah, that... <laughs> I could see that. Um, I like that one wasn't a problem for me because when I'm stuck, my my like routine instinct is to just scrub all over the screen and look for a hand icon. <laughs> like that's what I yeah, always I think, do. I think I tried that, and you just um, didn't look up far enough. I guess. Yeah, and it, and it comes down to the classic level design problem: how do we get people to look up? Yeah. Um, and I mean, there there is, you know, there's a window up there that's open. That should have been the hint, but that one took me uh, longer than I I would care to admit. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. So I remember seeing like the grab the moon puzzle like five years ago when they were oh. making this. <laughs> Interesting. So you you have. So a... I knew there was like a grab the moon puzzle. Cute. Mm. Um... Prior knowledge. <clears throat> Yeah, no, the I I kind of got stuck for a bit on the uh the one with the repeating hallways and the the only reason I figured it out is cuz I tried to explain it to my husband. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Like I keep going down these hallways and the arrows are like pointing the the random the random arrow of uh you know, like the the arrows pointing in a random direction either left or right and it doesn't seem to be related in any way to which way is the correct direction. In fact, it seems like every time, it, like whichever way I look first is always the wrong direction. And like, as I was like explaining this, I'm like, maybe I need to make the arrow always point in the right direction. <laughs> and then I tried that and I'm like, and he's like, look, the number's changing. And I'm like, oh, oh, I guess this is the solution. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the biggest problem with that puzzle is that it doesn't do enough to cue you that you're that you're doing it right like the number changes but everything else is exactly the same mm -hmm. and you have to do I that like four or five times <laughs> yeah the the number yeah, there's like see, a you come in facing a doorway to like hall one and each time you go through if you're doing it correctly it becomes like hall two hall three hall four etc yeah and i think i think it goes through four so it yeah you have to do it five times which yeah. is a lot <laughs> It, you you could easily not notice that number changing and think, well, this is not working, so I have to try yeah. something else, um, which is a problem. Yeah, it's a problem, but at the same time, they do like limit so that you have nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, it is very clear that like the only thing you can do is move forward, so you have to figure out some way of moving forward correctly. Um, yeah. There's that. Um, the the like, some of the shrinking and growing puzzles 
Um, like I understood that I had to shrink or grow, but it took me a while to figure out how to like do that without doing it a bunch of times in a row. <laughs> or like, oh, actually, if I just like, you know, make one really big and one really small and then go back in the other direction, I can get much smaller, much faster. Yeah, there were also the the one with the um, the big bouncy castle in the pool. I did it right, but I came out the other side slightly the wrong size. So I had to go back and do it all over again, which isn't a huge deal. Like, it's not a big time sink, but it's still like, ah, like I have the solution. Just let me do it, please. Yeah, I had a yeah. rough time getting the bouncy castle to balance on the upper area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. there was a lot of problems I had with that. Like, you can, you can like soft lock. Mm -hmm. easily in that area yeah and, and uh, you also, can like you can like fly if you stand on it and grab it and just hmm. wiggle it a bit interesting i i tried to fly on a couple objects uh because i was like uh huck was like oh this is uh was it was it the source engine um it was either the Source or Unreal Engine, but he's like, oh yeah, that's the engine where you can like fly on stuff by picking it up. You should try it. And I was not able to make it work, but I'm sure there is a I'm way. pretty sure it's made in Unity. Is it? All yeah. right. It could be rough. It could be like he misjudged But, uh, but it presents it itself. It looks very much like a Source Engine game. It does. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so the... If you also another problem with that is in that puzzle is if you make yourself really really small, uh, you move incredibly slowly, um, and like that can get really frustrating to try and move around. I um there there is a section where you you have to make yourself tiny and then you end out end up on like a a big chessboard, and I. Me with my big brain decided, hmm, I wonder if there's any secrets on the other side of the chessboard. And oh, friends, no. let me tell you, uh, there were not. And I, I managed, like, so what I was seeing is on the other side of the chessboard, there's some boxes stacked up. Mm -hmm. And it looked like you could go between the boxes. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something hidden over there because... They do my, hide things in this game. They, they do. And my, my terrible rat brain... Uh, I can't see a passage like that without thinking, like, I'm going to go through it. I'm going over there. I'm, I'm doing it. And I did it. And um, there was nothing hidden. However, you can go through the gap in between those two boxes. And on the other side of the gap is the edge of the table. And you can fall off the table. And then you can't move anywhere else. So oh, I no. had to restart it. Um, yeah. Just and that's that that's off, that's please. a point where you're like moving really slowly too. So that must have been a pain in the neck yeah. to get to. It was. It super duper was. Um, yeah. Yeah. I made myself like super tiny in that section, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, um, what am I doing?" And then I realized I could grab the house. Yeah. So that matter. that was um that was the same section where the the first time I played it, I. I'm not entirely, I don't remember exactly what I did. I think I maybe dropped a, I, I think I was already tiny and I picked up a doorway and I dropped it on myself and that somehow knocked me through the floor. Hmm. Um, which you can still get to the, the, the house that you can pick up and go through that doorway. 
but I was uh, knocked to the floor and had to traverse a large amount of space to get through um, there and into, you know, where the house is. Uh, so that was a fun time. I mean, luckily they do have a reset from checkpoint button in the menu. So if yeah. you ever get stuck, mm -hmm. you can fix it. I did the first time I got onto the chessboard and I was moving so slowly. I was like, hmm, I definitely need to be slightly bigger for this. So I'm not moving that slowly. So I reset from checkpoint and then I had to do the whole keyhole room again, which was annoying. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I don't know. It's. I was I was so mad at the scary section in the middle. Can we talk about the scary section in the middle? Why the fuck would you do that to me? Like I I get scared so yeah. easily, and like you don't have to do the like drippy trail of blood. And the like first time you see like an open door and there's like a blood bloody red handprint next to it. If you go up to that door, it like slams shut. So they like prep yeah. you, they prime you for expecting a jump scare. Um, and they do a couple other like jump scary type things where they like put a bust of someone behind a window so that it looks like someone's staring at you until you go through and you're like, oh, haha, it's a bust. And it's like, it's, it's a chess piece. Like, yeah, it's a it's a chess piece that's slightly more human shaped than the average chess piece. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just it really angered me because it's like. The, the way they do it makes it really clear that it's, like, supposed to be kind of humorous. It's like, aha, look how funny it is that it turned into a horror game for a little bit. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm scared. I get scared easy. And I hate this. Don't do this yeah, to me. It's That that section is... It's only a little bit funny if you've already played it before. Because this time I was expecting it. And I knew about... I knew about the oh we're gonna make it look like there's a person here and all the stupid little gag like because they they do that door slamming shut thing like three times in that segment. Do they? Um, I only saw it once. <laughs> I think I think I saw it maybe well, it might have been like twice, but they they do it a couple times and it's like oh, God, why are you doing this? And yeah, then in the like... end, it's just like a kitchen and they're painting a wall red and that's yeah. it's not blood, it's just paint. Ha ha ha. Um. That being said, I I do like the, the the puzzles in that section where you have to sort of manipulate light so you can see like a secret path. Um, mm -hmm. Those are, you know, I like, I thought that was a cool thing that they did for puzzles that I wasn't expecting. But again, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a new mechanic that they played with for a little bit and then dropped. Yeah, but they also did that in the black and white section in a way that wasn't scary, where it's like, oh, you can like you can't see yeah. the black section of the floor unless you're like at this specific angle and walk this way, and then it becomes a path. And like, oh, this white section is actually a that looks like a staircase is actually a doorway into a white area, and then there's a black staircase that is a staircase, and you know, like. <laughs> and it's, I mean. At at the very least, it wasn't the horrible strobe light room from Naissance. <laughs> yeah. I was That's thinking the worst that. Room. The I was, yeah, worst, worst room, room in all of video games. I was thinking that as I was going through the black and white section, I'm like, hmm, this reminds me of like the parts of Naissance that I skipped by rage quitting. <laughs> oh, God, that room. Yeah. Bright flashing light. And it's time-based, yeah. and it's platforming, and... 
Yep. Again, it's it's an experiment in how can we make the worst room in video games? <laughs> what are all the things people hate? Yeah. The only At way you could have made it worse is if it was also an escort quest. <laughs> if it was also an escort quest and the uh, the character you were escorting kept spouting off like pithy one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not that no, anyone speaks you. in nascence, but no, it would in nascence it would be like weird discordant musical notes that it would be spouting off. Yeah. Damn. It's funny. We always come back to well, not always, but we we come back to nascence sometimes. And every time we we talk about it again, I'm like, man, I should really just play it again. <laughs> um of the of the games we've played that are like really pretentiously artsy, I feel like Nascence is one of the only ones that actually kind of earns that pretentious artsiness. Yeah, it it has a thesis and it pulls it off. And yeah, the whole but... point is just we're doing we're making something like we're making a very hostile environment and yeah. it does it. <laughs> it's not fun to play. <laughs> it's not even it's not at all fun. Uh, but it succeeds in its goal of making you feel alienated and uncomfortable in a space and like the space is actively hostile to you. Yep. So, good going. It's a boss fight. That's true. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, whereas, I don't know, Superliminal pretends like it's going to be hostile, but then it's not. Surprise. And it's, not just you, in the horror section. You know, the thing is, it's not hostile. It's like someone who who's really into, like, April Fool's pranks. And it's tedious in exactly the same way. Where you're like, yeah, I get it. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Joke's on me. Um, stop, yeah. though. <laughs> right? Like... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a fine line. Because I would say, like, Portal does that to some extent. But That's Portal, horrible. here's the thing. Portal is a game about learning. Is a game where, like, yeah, it's like, you know, haha, we're we're pulling the wool out from under you. But the basic mechanic of Portal Gun and what Portal Gun does is always the same and always consistent. And there's always something you can do with it. And it feels good to try and like the. It feels like you're. The game is like, ha ha, I'm going to trick you. And you're like, no, ha ha, I tricked you because I found a space to use a portal. Uh, so like, that's a feeling of control, right? That's a feeling of you learn how to do something well. And then the game presents a place where it's more and more difficult to do the thing well. So you feel better and better for doing the thing well. This is a game that teaches you how to do a thing and then spends the entire game like undermining your ability to do thing and trying, no, what if you'd actually thought about this other thing that you could do? Have you considered that? Oh, look, it's a place where you can do the thing. Haha, <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, you're going to go into this different area. Like, that's mean. <laughs> that's like, that's unfriendly game design. Hmm. I'm going to try to completely share your hate for the game. But yeah, I don't know if I would go so far as hate, just frustration. You despise the game. I was just gonna say though, I think this is I think this is the angriest you've ever been on the podcast. I'm, I'm here for it, let me tell you. No, listen, I, I rage know. quit Nasons. I did not rage quit this game. 
No, but like That's... I still think there's like some like mastery to do here, and like you kind of get better at doing this stuff. But I I do agree like there's very little section that feels like puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I went into this thinking it was like a proper puzzle game, like a portal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it kind of isn't. It kind of isn't. You're right. It's it's yeah for for the reasons I was talking about. Like a you know a puzzle game is about l- learning as you progress, and this is not really that. So for that reason, I feel like you know if you if you think of it as a joke game, it's a game that's like sort of a series of jokes. I do think it's it's good and works for like but I I just feel like it get it's too long. There's too much of it. It gets tedious after a while. Like I it was kind of funny and cute to me for the first like hour and then I was like ready for it to be over. <laughs> and and the scary section kind of antagonized me. I will admit that. That part I did hate. That like that is a yeah. is a guaranteed way to like make me not like the game is put in a, a scary for no reason section. Yeah, I didn't really mind the length of the game, but I think like the ending, it's so like it's so weird and like for a joke game they try to bring it back and make it serious, pretentious art the indie game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right at the end there. And it's and it doesn't really it doesn't hold up that thesis well enough to really support that, unfortunately. And, and part of me is wondering because there's, you know, the the bit in Dr. Pierce's sort of monologue at the end where it's like, you know, we're trying to show you that you can you can control these outcomes even if you feel like, you know, you're going to fail whatever. Part of me feels like it's almost a a semantic issue. Like, if he had said, we're trying to teach you how to be more adaptable in problem solving in your life um, so that you can, you know, come up with more outcomes, it almost feels like that would have fit better and felt like maybe it would have tied it together a little more. Um, I mean, I don't think it would have gone that far. specifically the word control. Yeah, I think I think you could have just said it like adaptability, like harp on adaptability a little more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not going to go that far towards making the game feel more cohesive, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say like don't give up on the comedy. You have a thing yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Have, sure. have it be funny. Yeah, like have it be they actually did lose track of you, and then they're like clearly trying to like spin it in a way that like. Even like, oh, oh yeah, no, no, it it was all on purpose. Surprise! Like where they're clearly not, it clearly wasn't on purpose. Like that would have been funnier. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the uh, yeah, and like there are some good jokes with uh, the like the so like I said, there's two narrators. There's the like AI that. Uh, orients you and then there's like Dr. Pierce who runs the institute um, and some of the jokes like got a chuckle out of me most of the time I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit but it's it's fine it's like set dressing for the puzzles which or you know the, the gameplay experience so I don't really need it to be super compelling but um, I don't know it's no GLaDOS but then what is 
yeah, I think I think they made a misstep by making, you know, here is this AI that is actively hostile towards you and is making like, you know, she's going to trap you in the dream world forever. It's like have we've a new idea. Portal. Yeah, we've all played <laughs> yeah. Portal. We're like we all have the GLaDOS reference. Uh, you know, you're not doing any favors by asking yourself to be compared to GLaDOS. Um, uh, but I, the one that, the one that did get a genuine chuckle out of me was, uh, when the, the GLaDOS stand-in is like, you know, Dr. Pierce is trying, uh, to send you a message, but like due to like spelling and grammar errors, like I cannot let it through. I will summarize his points. Hello, redundant introduction. Uh, I am not a real doctor and I am like slowly panicking and trying to like make you feel comfortable by saying obviously false things <laughs> or like whatever whatever it was that is the actual dialogue but that was like the one where I'm like okay that was genuinely pretty funny there were a couple things um this is this is the other thing that I will do in games where I can is if there is like readable text in a texture somewhere that you're you know you're not supposed to read it's just set dressing if I can read it, I will. And uh, I I found a reference to Limmy's show in one of the bit like it was it was a list of like typed up hypothetical um, like introductions to the little audio clips that Dr. Pierce comes up with, like playing with tone and what's the best way to, you know, address the patient without seeming overly formal, but not while seeming, you know, too informal where I won't be taken seriously. And one of them was just the intro to um, Adventure Call, which is a a recurring bit on Lemmy's show, which is like a, a dial-in uh, tabletop RPG type thing. Okay. It was, it was just, it's, I was pleased that it was in there. It doesn't translate well if you just explain it, but go on YouTube, type in Lemmy's show Adventure Call. And that's that's what I'm talking about. You don't have to How do, do you spell Limmy? L-I-M-M-Y. Okay, let me show Adventure Call. I'll check that out later. Yeah. Um, um, there was also a reference to the famously memed video of Orson Welles talking about champagne, uh, which is just, oh, the French champagne touted for its excellence and they i think there was a little flyer that had that written on it like in the elevator i see Unexpected there were some good references. cute ads in the elevator i will say they always had like a little ad thing that uh in mm -hmm. you know the, the uh, one one of the areas in the elevators which were like the transitions between levels um and like one of them is like cardboard box lovers at, uh, association and there's like a picture of a cat in a box and there was um staircon the convention for stair enthusiasts yep there was one with apples that i forget what exactly it was as well but oh, yeah. yeah no like I, I was i got i was got some amusement out of those yeah um it was you know like the humor was fine uh it, it wasn't like laugh out loud funny, but I think it was, uh, I think the better humor was actually in some of the mechanical jokes, like, you know, trying to pick, trying to open a door and just picking up the whole door. 
like made me laugh the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked picking up doors. Um, and you know, like little things like that uh were often quite funny in the moment. Um, as I said, like I felt like they they wore on a little too long. Uh and for me at least like they stopped being funny after a certain amount of time. But I feel like your mileage may vary on that and also like being slightly nauseous playing the game does not put me in a good frame of mind for jokes. So Yeah. I just realized I don't think I've ever laughed out loud while playing a game. Yeah. I don't I don't like laugh properly. Well also like there aren't that many comedy games. Like comedy in games is sort of not a not a super common thing. I don't know. Did you laugh? You didn't laugh out loud at any of the jokes in Wintermore? No. <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's okay. No, I'm. That's fine. I'm, I'm not a laugher. I can't yeah. really, like fake laugh a lot, but. Yeah. No, I I understand. Like, uh, especially if you're playing by yourself and like not with someone else, often you like smile at things that you might laugh at if there were like other people around, which is a weird phenomenon. Performative um, laughing. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a thing because like laughter is like thought to be uh, evolutionarily like a way of communicating understanding of a certain like type of you know feeling to other people. So you yeah, actually can't laugh. just type lol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I t- I type lol even if I didn't necessarily laugh out loud i feel like lol has become kind of its own thing that like its own meaning that is separate from the idea of laughing out loud <laughs> like there are times yeah. there are times in my actual life when i say lol instead when i'm amused by something i'm like lol <laughs> like in place of laughing yeah i i find myself typing lol in text like conversations with people Mostly as a a way of like I've typed this sentence and it feels kind of stiff, so I'm gonna put a little I'm gonna sprinkle a little lull in there, so it's like I'm saying this in a lighthearted sort of way. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking myself too seriously. You shouldn't either, like that kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't so know, do we do we have a whole lot else? I feel like we've like almost kind of wound down on it. Yeah, I feel so like I guess my oh. like high level summary of this for me is that like I feel like there were a lot of cute and interesting pieces to this that like on their own individually I'm like, "Oh, hey, that's pretty neat." Um but it it didn't really work for me as an assembled whole for a variety of reasons. Um, But again, like, I don't think it's Mm -hmm. bad. It just feels a little unpolished in places and maybe a little too long. And like, I think a lot of people probably would will still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. But like, I'm not sure what it's trying to be. (laughs) Yeah. It felt to me kind of like they they came up with the like mechanic first and had like, oh, hey, this is really like fun and quirky and weird. And then like built a game around it but like none of the uh, like a lot of the other pieces kind of were retroactively put in to justify certain things yeah that makes sense 
like we we have a mechanic but it's not enough to make a game around so we're gonna have to come up with some other ideas yeah and these other ideas are maybe not as good as the idea that we were gonna run with mm. but we need something else so yeah but it can't just be a 30 minute game so yeah yeah, yeah. agreed but like again i wouldn't like discourage people from playing it if it sounds if doing a bunch of like weird force perspective puzzles you know in a slightly goofy uh setting like sounds like fun to you like try it it's it's worth trying i'm excited to actually go watch the speed run um because like knowing how like sometimes wonky the physics got a little bit like i bet the speed run is really mm -hmm. amusing yeah yeah if you uh if you like having your expectations subverted boy do we have a game for you dear <laughs> yeah. listener yep yeah, that's the long and short of it, I think. Mm -hmm. Play it if it sounds interesting, but maybe get it on sale. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that that is definitely for yeah, for me that's what this is. This is a this is a sale game. Get it on sale. Yeah, it's a game that's like twice the cost of Portal 2. Yeah. So you can get Portal 2. Yeah, which is a better game. <laughs> which is funnier yeah. and has better puzzles. Or you can get Portal 1 for even cheaper. Yeah, for free, I think, in some places, like, at some time. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I feel like that's a game that is free often. And, I mean, if you don't already have Portal 1, what what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's probably, like, a whole generation of new people playing games that haven't played Portal. Yeah, it's true. It's like going back and playing the classics at this point. It's like 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. When did... When it's, did is it only 10? I, I think it's like more it's than old, 10 It's older old. than that. No, uh, when was Orange Box? Yeah. Uh, Portal? Well, it's like 2008 or nine, maybe? 2007. Seven yeah, first first release October two thousand seven. Thirteen years. Portal, Portal two is uh, almost ten years old at this point. Came out in twenty eleven. We're getting we're coming up on ten years. And yep. We will never have a Portal three. <laughs> That's okay. Because Valve. You know That's what? It's fine. fine. It's the first two games are great and don't <laughs> like the first game is a masterpiece. The second game is like a very is still a very solid game, and like I don't need it to go further. <laughs> the story wrapped up, I, like yeah, exactly. I don't. There's yeah, it would. Be I realized silly. The, the older I got, the more I want. Like the only really Valve game I want is like a Left 4 Dead three. <laughs> the only game you want that's like a a continuation from a previous franchise yeah i i mean also, you know i will play kingdom hearts games until the end of fucking time but for the most part i agree and i mean from the looks of things you're going to be playing <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to yeah time. oh man melody of memory comes out like right before my birthday i'm so excited so it's, it's a need... dumb rhythm game but it has important lore in it because kingdom hearts is why but that's but that's the thing. Rhythm games are like, rhythm games are not a genre that I am particularly devoted to. 
But whenever I pick up a rhythm game that like, oh, it's the rhythm game that all the people are playing, it's like, this is fun. I like rhythm games. Why don't I play more of these? Yeah. Because you have to be good at them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I was I was a I was a like a music kid for most of high school. I have I have the rhythm inside me. Um Yeah. Can feel the I, music. I need to play. Yeah, I can. I, I need to play. I was playing the like 1.5, 2.5. 2.8 whatever and i think i stopped i think i got sick of it uh because i was marathoning through them when Fair. i had just moved out to virginia and like was not yet employed and i think i got sick of it and burned out at like birth by sleep which i think is a good place to get burned out yeah but, uh, well birth by <laughs> sleep is like uh is very easy to burn out on because it's the same game three times uh oh yeah basically... i didn't even get through it once yeah, so like it's like a it's like a 7-hour game that you have to play 3 times to get all the story and like I don't like that about it at all. I actually I would yeah. recommend Dream Drop Distance, the one for the 3DS. Um as that's mm -hmm. my favorite in the series. Uh a lot of people really hate it, I think because it's the game that introduced time travel into the narrative, uh which is like hilarious and bad. Um at, but like it does it does do a lot of cool stuff lore wise but also it has the most fun movement mechanics in any of the games um they this yeah, is where they I want to get through birth by sleep so yeah. that i can play dream drop distance but yeah dream i mean drop you don't birth by sleep is game. one of them birth by sleep is actually one of the most disposable games in a certain way because it like the it's self-contained in terms of the lore um, it's all you oh. know prequel stuff, but like it does, it does make a huge difference in Kingdom Hearts three. Know to know the story. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I but, guess I, I guess I wouldn't skip it then, or maybe. I mean, you can also read Look summaries it. of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I enjoyed Birth by Sleep, but that's like probably the one I'm like least likely to go replay. Yeah, um, but fair. but Dream Drop Distance is very good. Uh, and and takes place yeah. chronologically, like right after Kingdom Hearts two, and has nothing to do with Birth by Sleep. So, if you wanted to just play Dream Drop Distance, you could. Yeah, I could come back to Birth by Sleep then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not. Gonna also, do also, Dream Drop but... Distance is the one that uh, that has the Twewy characters. World ends with you. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true too. Which I have not yet gotten the switch remaster but man did i play a lot of that game on the ds i, God, I, I hate the remaster Is i haven't the played any of the game but for video game music quiz purposes oh, oh. <laughs> that's that's carl's frame of reference for like 95 percent of games now <laughs> yeah it really is and it's kind of upsetting in some ways <laughs> but you're getting better at it yeah not only are you getting better at it, but you are you are securing yourself deeply within a niche, and I respect that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Carl's gonna be uh the uh like expert game game music expert and holder of the uh long live the queen's speedrun record. And that's gonna be his two claims to fame. I don't have
You don't, but you did at one point. Did at one point. Yeah. And that's what we will remember. Yep. One time holder I'm... of the speedrun record. I have not held any speedrun records, so you're already beating me, which is not I'm kind of, like, really... Like, the more I play Spiritfarer, the more I'm really excited about a Spiritfarer speedrun. Um, because, like... I, I I don't know. It's it's got the right combination of like movement mechanics and strategizing like what resources you have to create and find in what order that I feel like it would be actually like really fun to speedrun. If I was Dude. ever gonna speedrun a game, I might speedrun Spiritfarer. <laughs> I mean, I find speedrunning is like it's fun to learn stuff. Yeah. And maybe not so fun to like put it together and or try to do like a good time. Yeah. You can just be that person in the speedrun community who like theorizes about what the actual fastest path is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, theory craft is a huge part of like MMOs. Mm -hmm. So you could be the theory crafter for the speedrun people. Uh, route, route finders. Yeah. The uh Trying to come up with like a cool word for it. I was gonna say cartographer, but that's not really right. <laughs> that's all right. We're we we've clearly like strayed off the path of discussing superliminal, so maybe we yeah. should close out. Yeah. What's uh what what are we playing next? Yeah. So the next game we're playing is Rocky, at least in with a Swedish accent. Yeah. Which I is didn't... like. Well, we made well. Carl intro it because we're like, you're the only one who can pronounce this. So, <laughs> so what's uh, it about, Carl? It's an adventure game about, like, I don't know, it's like inspired by Scandinavian, like, folklore. And, uh. We did determine that it's not actually by a Scandinavian team, is that correct? Yeah, it's a British team. <laughs> okay. And it's the second time we played a game not made by a Scandinavian team about Scandinavian folklore. <laughs> was, the, uh, was the first one Brothers? No, it's uh, Old Man's Journey. Oh, yeah. No, not so... Old Man's Journey. Um, Burnley Man at Sea. Oh, Burnley Man at Sea. It's, I guess that's Scandinavian folklore. I guess I think of it as sort of pan-European folklore, but maybe it is more like specifically Scandinavian leaning. But I'm interested. Yeah, no, I'm curious. And the 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 it looks like from the, the screenshots that there's like some fun creature design. And uh it's been a while since we've played something adventure gamey, so it's really cute. Oh I'm excited. a giant dog. I'm sold. I'm, looking <laughs> I'm assuming that's gonna now. be a sort of like uh like Fenrir type character but i guess we'll see yeah yeah so that's what we're playing you can get it on steam currently at this exact moment uh until for, and for the next like for now. Six, six days or so it is uh 33 off so check it out and uh what do we do we do plugs next that's what we do next yeah we <laughs> boy boy oh boy um yeah you can follow the podcast twitter at feedback force um, I try to tweet relevant things sometimes if I see them. Not otherwise not a, not a whole lot going on there, but it's there. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Timebomb. 
Yeah, you can follow the podcast Twitter to if you just want to get updated every time we have a new episode as well, because that's like the thing that does get routinely posted there. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you can follow my personal Twitter at Kyla underscore go, uh, or you can follow Wintermore at Wintermore TC, uh, and you can get Wintermore Tactics Club on most PC games uh, outlets and also on Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. Buy it on all of the consoles that you own. Uh, not on Google Stadia. Not on Google Stadia and not on the Epic Store, which I actually don't know why we're not on the Epic Store. Um, we're, we are on GOG. We're on Steam and GOG. Um, and I think one or two like smaller retailers. Uh, but yeah, no, like, come come check out our game because it's a good game and we worked very hard on it and we hope you like it. Yeah, I and you can. Oh, go on. Oh no, sorry. I was just I was having a thought, but I don't I I don't want to interrupt you. So I, even though I already did, but continue. <laughs> oh, you can follow my Twitter at Doug Three. No, what's your thought? My thought was, uh, I can't wait until, like, a year from now when Wintermore ends up in, like, a Humble Bundle or in the Humble Monthly, and I get to look at it and think, here's another reason why I don't need to subscribe to Humble Monthly, because I played this when it came out. <laughs> when it comes out in a Humble Bundle, and then all of a sudden a bunch of people played it and go, like... Man, this was a really good game. Why did I not hear about this when it was like first released? And I'll go, yeah. we tried to tell you, we tried so hard. Yeah. It's man, it's hard getting the game out there to the people yeah. who might buy it. Yeah. There's a lot of games. It's There's true. So games. It's true. We're gonna play one of them next time. So we uh we hope you like it. Um, and we'll see if we like it. I don't know. Maybe you won't like it. Maybe we'll all hate it, and then we can all come together uh, and talk about what bullshit it is. Uh, either way, like if you if you want to talk about the game, like drop us a line. We like having guests on. Yeah. Or if you want to talk about the game without the pressure of being recorded, telling us about your thoughts, you can always just drop in on the Discord, have a friendly little chat that will not make it into the episode because we have a discord and you can talk about games on there yeah yeah anyway i think that's everything yeah uh thanks for listening and we'll be back in another couple weeks talking about yep. our next game yeah all right have a good time people bye, yeah. bye. oh what a rough what a rough outro it is what it is